It's time for JT the Brick. I love my job. I love the opportunity that I can come in here and talk to the Raider Nation. Put some respect on JT the Brick's name. The plan was to get this roster with this new regime. They were not keeping this roster, my friend. Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels were not keeping the roster they inherited from Mayock and Gruden and before that. And there were going to be changes, and we told you. Are you with me on that? Excuses die, the record stands. JT the Brick. It. That's all we've been telling you all year if you've been listening. They have a plan. I'm not saying it's going to work. It's going to be 100%. But I'm behind the plan. The plan is to get it up to speed where it's really good for a long period of time. But you are what your record is. Sound off like you got a pair. And now, JT, the man to miss the legend. Here's JT the Brick. All right, hour number two of the show, Monday, coming off March Madness. Hope you had a good weekend right here in Vegas. Should have been a good one. We're brought to you by M Resort Spawn Casino. I was over at the Raiders Tavern and Grill over at the M over the weekend. They had a vibrant crowd there for March Madness, especially in the Raiders home bar, which was amazing. Place was packed, couldn't get a seat. Well, you could. You had to wait a little bit, and the crowd was amazing. Indoor, outdoor, great job at the Raiders Tavern and Grill. Inside M Resort, official hotel of the Silver and Black. O.J. Howard is signed with the Raiders. The replacement for Darren Waller. They hosted him. He's there, the pass-catching tight end who can stretch the defense. The former Bucks, a first-round pick, had 10 starts for the Texans last year. I would assume that the Raiders are still going to get a cornerback in the draft because it's a heavy cornerback draft. But, again, this is what makes this conversation so unique. Everybody believes the Raiders can get a tight end, but I want to see the Raiders get defense. So getting O.J. Howard in here, says that maybe the Raiders can pass on a tight end in the third or fourth round because they got O.J. Howard. He's got to stay healthy. He's got to be healthy, just like Jimmy Garoppolo and any player that you want to come in here and have a rebirth. O.J. Howard would need a rebirth dating back to his national championship years, the connection to Josh Jacobs at Alabama, his Super Bowl victory with the Buccaneers and, and Tom Brady. Can the Raiders squeeze a good season or two out of him where he plays at that level, and that's the plan. And the only reason Dave Ziegler made this move was the price. You know, it's the end of free agency still available at the right price. We'll know more about the contract when they put it out. And it was a value play for them. And that's what Dave looks like he's doing here as we're wrapping up free agency. Raiders were pretty active. Jordan Willis comes in. They bring in safety from Buffalo who's a special teams player. Max, Mac Hollins is gone. Hunter Renfro is here. I'm not saying he's back. He's here. That's good. And Darren Waller being gone, the Raiders had to make a move. So what do you think about that move, Raider Nation? He was a beast. He was an absolute beast early in his career. Harry Ruiz joins us, the Latino voice of the Raiders. And you know, I think this is a decent signing if he could stay healthy. We say that about everybody because of his size and O.J. Howard's ability to stretch the field. What do you think, Harry? Absolutely. Thanks for having me, JT. And in the draft where you see that tight end position being a deep one, you're thinking O.J. Howard could be the guy that could be tight end one, and you bring in somebody to be learning right behind him and potentially take over that spot whenever it becomes open. So I like the signing, and absolutely. Is he better than Darren Waller? No, but at the same time, you need to have somebody in that spot, and you're bringing in somebody with experience both in the collegiate and in the professional level, and that we're hoping it's a similar situation as when Denzel Perryman came in. Mm -hmm. When Perryman came in, everybody was saying he needs to stay healthy. 
what are you doing this first year with the Raiders? He led the team in tackles. He made it to the Pro Bowl. So everybody's hoping that's the same case with O.J. Howard, that out here in Vegas he can stay healthy. Harry Ruiz is our guest. What do you think of Jimmy G? And obviously the signing of him coming in here dressed in black, excited to just go prove his worth, not looking to – I thought he was very humble when I had him on and the fit that he fits for this need here that Josh McDaniels knows him well. Tell me what you thought of Jimmy G in the signing. I mean, I, I, he won the press conference. I was right there, and then I was driving back home, and I was listening to him here with you. It was great to hear QB, one of the Raiders, on the JT The Brick Show. Let's hope that happens a little bit more often. And Jimmy G, for the price that he got signed, I think it was a slam dunk because there were reports that he was looking for $30, 35000000 million. And I was like, that doesn't leave a lot of space to bring in help for him and for the defensive unit. Now, for the price that he ends up signing, I think it was a slam dunk for the Raiders organization, for Dave Ziegler, for Josh McDaniels. They're doing things their way, and this was a signing that you look and you're like, is he leaps and bounds better than Derek Carr? No, but then you look at how much Carr got paid in New Orleans. He wanted to get paid that money wherever he went. So he would have wanted that money with the Raiders as well. He wasn't going to take a hometown discount. So I think the Raiders are in a good position with Jimmy G, somebody that knows the system, somebody that's going to arrive to Las Vegas with knowledge of it. And now let's hope he's going to be able to take advantage of the weapons that he has around him as well. You know, Harry, I was provided a cut-up tape by a friend of what Jimmy G was able to do in San Francisco. He didn't, you know, he had good running backs. Most of it was good. They always had a running back. I thought in San Francisco the last couple of years who ran hard and with a purpose because they were able to spread you out. And what I noticed with Jimmy G is his ability with the pump fake and the footwork in the pocket to move his hips and look left to a guy like Debo and then all of a sudden quickly pivot right and Ayuk's open at some point on a slant and he was wide open because Jimmy G looked off the safeties. I think that's his number one strength here and in this offense with Josh McDaniels is Let's see more of elaborate play calling with a little bit more motion, knowing Josh Jacobs is going to be back there, keeping the linebackers honest. O.J. Howard can clearly stretch the field and is a big, big target here. He's not, he's not Waller or Kittle, but he was a monster early in his career. But I think Jacoby Myers and now Hunter Renfro and their ability to work off the slot is going to be special for Jimmy J. Absolutely. Scheming is going to be 100% vital for this Raiders team and being able to create space for their players. And the best part is you have playmakers out there. Devontae Adams, put him wherever you want to put him. X, Y, Z, wherever you want to put him, he's going to produce. Jacoby Myers, we saw what he did in New England as an undrafted free agent. He was there for four years. The last three, he was the leader in receiving yards for the Patriots. Then you look at Hunter Renfro, the way he runs his routes and that he jukes his opponents out and he just creates space by himself. You add all of that to the repertoire to what Jimmy G can do that you explained perfectly right now, and the sky's the limit for this Raiders offense. The protection was talked about a lot last year. The Raiders weren't in the top 10 of sacks allowed at the end of the season. They protected for the leading runner rusher in the NFL. The, the, and they brought back Jermaine Illuminor, Colton Miller's there, Dylan Parham's there, Andre James is there. So let's see if they add another piece to that puzzle or if they feel comfortable that a year two of this same offensive line can keep growing with them in the, that same place. And it's all going to benefit Jimmy G if that's the case. Harry Ruiz, often at times, and for me, the voice of the XFL, 
the Latino voice, the Spanish voice of the silver and black. Wow, has his brand grown in this market since we first heard from him. Harry, overall, Dave Ziegler looks to be a value shopper here, not overextending and overpaying for free agents. And that puts a lot more pressure on the draft to try to nail this draft because they're going to have to sign those draft picks. And I still think the Raiders have the ability to trade up with a lot of those mid to late round picks and get a big name, another big signing in the draft early. And I know the Raider Nation doesn't like hearing this, JT, but you look at the Patriots and that was their M.O. They would have players that they felt that they could bring in to this team and help them out. And it didn't matter if it was early in the draft, middle of the draft, late in the draft, or if it was free agency trade, they'll get it done. And now this draft is the next big piece of the puzzle for the Raiders, and they got 12 draft picks at the moment. So let's see if they can just keep bringing in guys that produce for them. And the Raiders, the, the Patriots, they drafted real well during the years that Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler were out there. Now that's a big component for this team. Last year, their first draft pick was a third-round draft pick, and look at him. He started every single game. He started at guard, he started at center, and now everybody is considering him as a no-doubter for the line, the offensive line next year. Let's see if that can be replicated this year, knowing now that the Raiders have one first-rounder, one second-rounder, and two third-rounders, when last year they didn't have a pick until the late third round. Harry, finally, tell us about the XFL. What have you learned about these? I knew it was going to take you. You said a little bit of prep to get ready for those rule changes and what was going to happen. Nice to get Rod Woodson a win here. A crowd's the Cashman Field. Overall, what's the takeaway on XFL here in Vegas? Yeah, I mean, the XFL brings football to everybody right now during the offseason. Now we don't only have to watch... NFL Network or listen to Raider Nation Radio to hear about free agency, you actually get to see a product on the field. And we finally had nice weather Saturday night at Cashman Field, and the team delivered. It was a very fun game. Yes, it was two 0-4 teams, and fortunately Vegas was the one that got that O to disappear, and now they have their first win. They got down. They got good players. Brett Hundley didn't play, but Luis Bennett, the Mexican quarterback, he delivered for this team. It was a very entertaining game. The defense had a great first half where they got two, three and outs. They stopped them and poured down as well. So it was very good play by the XFL Vegas Vipers. And now let's see. It's two more weekends in a row with football in downtown Las Vegas. We hope to see you guys out there. And if not, listen to the game out here on Raider Nation Radio. And it's it's different, but that's what the rule, build, rule book is there for, to read it, to figure it out, and get the rules down so that we know what's happening on the field once the game starts and then broadcast it to everybody listening to Raider Nation Radio. Thank you, Harry. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate your time today. Have a great week. Absolutely, JT. Have a great week, brother. All right. That's Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the silver and black. I'd like to get to some phone calls. I think everyone's too hungover today to meet my energy, so maybe we'll reset the phone, 702-365-9200. Everybody, it's Raider Free Agency. Wake the hell up and get excited about what's happening. If you don't like what's happening, sound off like you got a pair. O.J. Howard comes in today, new tight end for the Silver and Black. His stats are right in front of me. National Championship at Alabama, Super Bowl with Tampa Bay. How does he fit in? Uh, still a young guy, still a young guy, but he's got to stay durable. OJ Howard is a beast, similar size and strength to Darren Waller. Very similar. He's 28 years old. He'll turn 29. He's from Prattville, Alabama. 
and uh, had a great career, unbelievable career at Alabama. There is opportunity, again, Super Bowl champion and a national champion at Alabama and the national championship offensive MVP. So, look, uh, was he underutilized at times? Yeah, because they were loaded. Remember who Alabama had? Oh, my God. At the wide receiver position over those years. And when they went to him, a lot of times he was wide open. I'm hoping that's what happens here with the silver and black. I'm hoping that if Devontae's double teamed and they're sitting on the run with Josh Jacobs and Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro are on the field with O.J. Howard, it's going to leave O.J. Howard wide open. Now the question becomes, what can the Raiders find at the tight end position? Because I don't think anybody wants to see the Raiders take a tight end in the second or third round. So where could you get a tight end later in the draft? Do you want a sixth-round tight end? Do you want a tight end who's going to be in the sixth or seventh round? Uh, That's just going to be a developmental player because all the good ones are going to be gone in the second and third round. And those are very good players there. Other moves of significance, the Cowboys get Brandon Cooks. Uh, They're likely out of the Odell Beckham Jr. race. And Odell Beckham Jr. is still out there. Uh, Adam Thielen landed with Carolina on a three-year deal. That's another good player who... They're just waiting to figure out who they're going to take a quarterback, but whoever that quarterback is going to be with the number one pick for Carolina, Bryce Young, who's going to have his pro day this week, or C.J. Stroud, that's going to be a big target for him and an experienced player. Here's a deal that just went down. The Lions agreed on a one-year deal with safety C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who is a very good player. And I think that's a good move as Dan Campbell continues to build that team. It's only one year. Up to $8 million. That's a significant move. And the Eagles reportedly made a multi-year offer to keep him at the beginning of free agent. He didn't accept it. And then his market dropped. The Eagles then shifted their attention to re-signing cornerbacks James Bradbury and Darius Slay. So if you look at this, Gardner Johnson was clearly the top defensive free agent remaining. And he ended up going to Detroit. So Detroit is trying to make some moves here too. Uh, We'll have report cards and free agency near the end of the week. Dino in New York. Good to hear from you again. Dino, how are you? Good, JT. How are you doing today? Doing good, thanks. Good. Uh, Some of these uh, moves that have been happening, I'm good with some, but I'm Mm -hmm. I'm skeptical of others. I don't like to release a Trent Sig. I don't see why you create a... well, they're not. If this new snapper makes one bad snap, he's already worse than Sig because he never made a bad snap, and mm-hmm. I don't like upsetting that uh, tri- triumvirate that they had there. Right. But um, the draft, they've got eight picks in the top five rounds, mm-hmm. and maybe three of those fives they could package a couple of them and, and get a, a third, a third, third round pick. So I mm-hmm. like that idea. What you're saying of getting you know more picks in the top three rounds. Uh, I, I don't like that they let uh, Jarrett Stidham out the door. I'm worried about the backup quarterback job. I think you, I, in my opinion, I'd never be without a, a veteran. Stidham backup. was gone. They brought in Jimmy Garoppolo. They, Stidham was not anywhere near as good as Garoppolo. Uh, Garoppolo is a much better value pick, and Stidham, oh, I, Stidham wanted to compete to be a. He's not going to start either with Russell Wilson. And look, he could have been. I'm I'm happy. I would have loved to have seen Stidham stay here as a backup, but he wanted to be the starter. And 
You know, I don't think the Raiders could have afforded to make Stidham the starter in a division no. that had Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert, and the great Patrick Mahomes. That that would not have been as, as good as Jimmy G. So I'm surprised no, you I, say that. It's a it's a different. No, no, no. It's a, JT, I, I didn't I didn't want him as a starter. I wanted him as a veteran backup because with Jimmy's injury history, there's a chance the the yeah. the, the, the the backup will have to play. And I think Stidham did a nice job in the last mm-hmm. couple of games and. and it, listen, if your starter goes down for more than a couple games, your season is probably over. But I hate to see a repeat of 2016 when mm. we had nobody behind Carr and it was right. over. You know, So I wanted a, a veteran that maybe we could get a couple of games out of. But I'm still concerned about that. I'd like to see a veteran fill that role. I, I hope they're not going to think about getting rid of Hunter Renfro. I don't like that idea at all. Sure-handed elite route, route runners do not grow on trees. I've seen every snap of this kid's career, and all he does whenever he touches the ball is make something positive happen. Mm-hmm. Less one play against Arizona. I know he fumbled on that yeah. play, but other than that, the guy's incredibly reliable. I don't think you win getting rid of players like him. You win with players like him. Yeah, so thanks. In the, in the, Go ahead, Gino. Wrap draft, up. In the draft, I think they, they believe they can develop a quarterback. I don't think they'll take one with the seven pick. I want to see out of the top eight picks, Six guys on defense and maybe an offensive tackle, and they got to get a tight end. O.J. Howard is not uh, proven that he can stay healthy in this league either, so I don't want to have all my eggs in his basket. Okay, thanks for the call. I think they could get a tight end on cut down. When the, when the league cuts down to 53, there'll be plenty of tight ends with experience that can back up O.J. Howard. Again, I, I like getting a tight end in this draft. If Darren Waller was still here, if Waller was still here and they drafted a tight end in the sixth round, I would love that, but Darren Waller isn't here. So they filled the need with O.J. Howard. Does anybody think there was a better tight end to fill in this need at that price? There's one good tight end out there from Dallas, but overall, that was a price point. They brought him in for a visit. They looked at him, worked him out. They thought he was a good player. And they're hoping, again, like Jimmy Garoppolo, he stays healthy. The Stidham situation is unique on why Stidham wanted to go or why the Raiders did not believe. The Raiders had several options at quarterback. Tom Brady was option one. And, and th- uh, this is my options, not Dave Ziegler. Also taking the first overall pick, because clearly it looked like the Raiders wanted to trade up or entertain the option to trade up. And then they get Jimmy Garoppolo, who we talked to on Friday, which I think was a solid pick. When you get Jimmy Garoppolo, man, thank God Jimmy Garoppolo's in that building. He's a really good player that the Raiders have. I'm not going to get a lot of complaints from Raider fans. The only complaint I'm getting on Jimmy Garoppolo is it's a lateral move from Derek Carr. Okay, I can I can handle that phone call. I can deal with that. We're, we're going to be fine with that if he's a lateral move. I, I disagree. I think he's better than Derek. He's won four playoff games. I think he's going to be better in the system. It, this is all about Josh McDaniel's system taking the next level up. It could have with Jared Stidham because he knew the system. And the only other guy who knew the system better, too, was Tom Brady, who retired, and Jimmy Garoppolo. So for those who said, well, why doesn't Josh McDaniels want to develop a new quarterback? He might. He might get a quarterback in this draft to develop under Jimmy G. But if you're going to get a quarterback high in the draft, don't take Jimmy G. Just go all in on that new young quarterback. Let someone start and then get rid of that starter week five and let the youngster play. You're not benching Jimmy Garoppolo for your backup quarterback who's a rookie. You're not going to do that. Jimmy. This is Jimmy Garoppolo's team now. I think the Raiders are really fortunate to have Jimmy G compared to what could have been. It might not, it's not my favorite option. I wanted Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. You know that. 
But Jimmy Garoppolo is a pretty damn good option considering where the stock market of football, the marketplace, went pretty quickly here. And I think it was a very good signing for the right price. Kelvin's in Lancaster on the flagship of the Raiders. What's happening? Hey, JT, how you doing? Doing good. Yeah, there's a couple of offensive linemen. I know we, we definitely still need help on that offensive line, a couple of veterans. Yeah. Uh, Jonah Williams uh, just requested a trade out of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a great addition to us. We ought to kick the tires on that one. And Taylor Lewan is out there. He was released by the Titans. Yeah. Another veteran offensive lineman we ought to kick the tires on. Uh, I, I would love to see us uh, – Try to make those two moves. What do you- well, Taylor Wan's really tight with Dave Ziegler. Dave really changed his life for a positive. He was his counselor in high school. So if Dave thinks that he can move him to a guard situation or out on the right side and wanted to take a shot with him because he's been injured a lot, I'd have no problem with that. But his best years are behind him, and he had a lot of really good years there. And the rest of this offensive line market is pretty pretty lean uh, Dalton Risner, the guard out of uh, Denver, I believe, is still available the last time I refreshed and looked at it again. And Isaiah Wynn, we'll see what happens because it's a bad sign that he fell out of favor with the Patriots before landing on injured reserve. But there's a lot of high-level tape on him, according to NFL Network. Appreciate the call. Thanks for calling in. And then, you know, Calais Campbell, what a great defensive player. He's available, but he's 37. Melvin Ingram, I don't think it's a good fit for the Raiders. Uh, someone was asking for a backup quarterback. How about Teddy Ballgame, Teddy Bridgewater, 30 years old, Teddy Two Gloves. Great backup, great backup quarterback that you'd want if you if you want to have a good backup quarterback. And Donovan Smith, 30 years old, offensive tackle who's out there. Frank Clark is still available the last time I looked today, too. Frank Clark, what a what a career he's had and his ability there. So there's a lot happening here we can talk about. They're not done. I don't think they're done. I actually think we might be surprised by Dave Ziegler by the end of today and tomorrow on some of the value players that are out there that he wouldn't have looked at at the original price. Hey, there's a great young basketball player out of Vegas, Julian Strother, who plays for Gonzaga. My three-minute conversation with him last night. He's from Liberty. And Mark Anderson will join us from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. It's really cool. It, it really is. Uh, just get to wear black, all black. I mean, that's that's one of the coolest parts of it. I think. I know it sounds cliche, but it's just uh, I don't know. It's a lot of the little things, and I I don't know everything about the Raiders yet, but I want to embrace the culture, embrace the history of this organization. The the players that I've seen on the walls here is really cool. I, I get a kick out of history a little bit, so it's um it's gonna be fun going forward. I just I can't wait to emerge myself in it. There he is, Jimmy Garoppolo. We spoke to him on Friday. He's the new quarterback of the Raiders. Your opinion on all of that? Mark Anderson, kind enough to join us, the great insider here in town, the longtime journalist, Review Journal. And and Mark, before we get to the Raiders, I wanted to ask your opinion on everything surrounding March Madness as we're going to get a regional here coming up this week on top of being the global host of March Madness with all these sports books. Tell me a couple of stories from this past weekend. Um, I, I wish I did have story three and JT, but I wasn't anywhere near it other than being at T-Mobile to cover the Golden Knights yesterday. So, uh, I, I don't have any in, in-person stories as far as how, what happened in the sports books, but, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's just, 
you know, I, I can tell you that uh, my brackets were destroyed, I think, five minutes after the tip-off of the first game. So uh, it, it was just it was just so unpredictable. And I I just think this is I think this is just the norm now. You know, you mm-hmm. don't you don't have the, the super teams anymore, but, and you're not going to have the super teams um, because the top players leave early. So um, it's just going to be you're going to have these crazy upsets. And mm-hmm. I think it's just the way it's going to be going forward. You know, Mark, I guess the better way for me to frame that question is, you know, the cover story, they had uh, Larry Johnson and Stacey Ogman on the other day, and I'm just wondering when you see Miami and you see Arkansas, Arkansas is a good example, and you go back to UNLV's proud history on how to get UNLV from 88, 89, 90 back to just getting into the tournament again. I think that with the regional being here starting on Thursday and UNLV not to even be in the tournament, and I think we're both believers in Kevin Kruger. You're a journalist. I'm a fan. I think they got the right guy to do that, but I'm seeing other teams in the portal, other teams with transfers coming in. I just hope UNLV gets back sooner than later because of the madness that is Vegas, and UNLV's got to get in this tournament. Yeah, I mean, it's been a decade, and that's really inexcusable. If you, if you told me in 2013 that be they wouldn't return for at least another decade, I just I would have a hard time believing you. Uh, I just, it's just, it's incredible. I mean, and, and it's not like, you know, we necessarily has to compete with the top powers. It, 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 they need to get back to competing with the Mountain West powers mm-hmm. and they're not even doing that right now. And, you know, I think Kevin Kruger needs to, I, I don't really have a big problem with him emphasizing defense. I think he probably needs to look a little bit more at shooters though. He just mm-hmm. didn't have enough. And, and in, in, in this, and in 2023, you got to be able to shoot the ball, and and I, I think I think that's really what he was missing. And, and you can still get the guys who sell out defensively and and round them with with good shooters. So I think I think that's what he needs to do a better job of. And the transfer portal, you know, it can be a crapshoot. I mean, there can you know a lot of times players are in there for a reason. You know, that you know whether it be. They just weren't good enough for their previous school. There was an attitude problem, but sometimes you do get really good players out of the portal. So um, you, you just you have to be careful. And I think he needs to use the portal judiciously and really look at building up to also through recruiting. Mark Anderson, AP Sports Reporter in Vegas, is great worker. You can find him at Mark Anderson sixty five. As we continue on, uh, let me jump in because you mentioned you're at T Mobile for the Golden Knights. With the way they position themselves. Now, for the Stanley Cup playoffs, when we look at this, and currently as the number one team out west, the schedule, you know, getting two points is critical here, but obviously getting points and ties and the shootout and what's, gonna, what's it going to take for them to stay near the top here. I think that one seed's going to be the difference with them playing in the Western Conference Finals compared to maybe only getting to the semis. As you looked at this team and Jack Eichel with the hat trick, what, do you, what are your impressions of them going forward? I'm just amazed that they're still winning at this level with all the injuries of goalie. I mean, it's just with the injuries they've had at that position alone, that would be enough to just derail so many teams. And you saw what happened to the Knights last season when they had a bunch of injuries. They just weren't the same down the stretch. But this year they're overcoming it. And it seems like no matter who they put in net, they're playing great. But Tara went in there yesterday and made some fantastic saves. Um, I didn't think the Knights' defense was as solid yesterday as it's been recently. Um, and and he really stepped up. and. And now it looks like they're getting Logan Thompson back and Laurent Brassois. And they got some real decisions to make and who their goalies are going to be going forward. And it's going to be tough because you got Jonathan Quick in the mix too. So, but it's, you know, that's one of those good problems to have. 
it's just I'm really impressed with this group and how well they play together. And it seems like they've it's a locker room that really gets along well now. And then they started this new hat tradition yesterday. We, you know, Eichel uh, uh, kept one of the hats uh, that was thrown onto the ice, and um, and they have other things that they do that uh, really build team chemistry. And, and and it's been impressive with Mark uh, Mark Stone, especially Mark Stone being out. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, as, as you as you know, the NHL playoffs things can change quickly, and you can get an eight C being a one, and and that's right. not all that unusual in the NHL. So, uh, but yeah, if they can get the if they can get home ice, that would that would be crucial. Yeah, they got to get home ice, I believe, because I think there's going to be a war in the East, and I think they could get through the West. I really do. It's not yeah, impossible. I, I think too. it was. I think it was a lot harder to get through the West than it is this year, and I hope they're able to do it. Mark Anderson joins us, the longtime journalist here in town. All right. So for the Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo was introduced. What do you think? I thought he's a very humble guy. He's always been a humble guy. He doesn't make a lot of news. He's in a major media market in San Francisco, Santa Clara, and he just stayed on the download here. What do you like about the chemistry that we should see with Josh McDaniels and the old playbook that Jimmy G excelled at? Yeah, I'm with you on Jimmy Garoppolo. He just, I came away feeling like, you know, he's the kind of guy like, you know, want to go get a beer with and he would do it, uh, you know, and, and you'd have a good time just chatting with him. And so, um, he definitely, I mean, he actually thanked the media. I mean, how many times does that happen? Mm. <laughs> so uh, that was, uh, I was really impressed with him. And, you know, it, it helps he does know the playbook. It's, as he pointed out, though, it's been six years and things have changed since, since then, but it definitely gives him, it, you know, he's definitely much further ahead than most quarterbacks would be coming in. And, and, and the fact that there's some other players coming in who know the playbook as well, I, I think there's going to be less of a transition in that regard. And, and he'll have the whole off season to work on it. And I think, I think in that regard, he'll be fine. Um, you know, my question with him is, you know, is just, well, can he stay healthy? If he's, if you tell me right now, he's playing all 17 games. Mm-hmm. I, I like the Raiders chances of doing some pretty good things this next season, but you know, that's the, that's the one big drawback with him. You just, you just don't know. Yeah. Finally, what do you think of Dave Ziegler and what he's doing here? It looks like he's value shopping. OJ Howard comes in and I got a good deal on Jacoby Myers. I think they got a below market deal on Jimmy Garoppolo. And then I think he passed on a lot of the more high known, well performing free agents just because he didn't want to blow through the money they have or actually don't have before the drafts coming in. So how are you assessing what he's doing here in his first real year? Last year was a year, but he didn't have a first and second round pick because of Devontae Adams. Assess what you're seeing from him. Yeah, I, I actually do like this approach. I mean, you don't really know if it's going to work out till you know things get started. But I do like the approach. I I, I think the teams that that uh, go for the high price free agent, uh, it you often see it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then part of the problem too is you just can't build enough talent around that person. And so I think getting Garoppolo at the price they got him. Uh, you mentioned Myers. I, I think that I think that's I think really do think that's the right approach. And I, I the draft we got was it five picks in the top 107? I think it is. They have a chance to do a lot of great things in the draft, and and they may even who knows if you tell me right now they're going to trade down from seven, I wouldn't be shocked uh, to get even more picks. I'm not sure they'll do that, but we've seen that with, with the with the Patriots have done that sort of thing in the past. So I wouldn't be surprised if he does that with the Raiders. Um, I suspect they'll probably stay at seven, but mm-hmm. I, I just I do think that's an option. I, I you know you, you get as many draft picks as you can and 
because you know not all of them are going to hit, but if you hit it on enough, that's something to really build for the future. I agree with you. I think they have an opportunity here to just stay where they're at and take the best defensive player available and really have an impact starter there. And if they trade down, I hope they don't trade down too far because you know the best available players there on defense, they'll go pretty quick. Mark, as always, you're the busiest guy in town covering all these events. Thanks for a few minutes on a Monday. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me on, JT. You take care. You got it. Mark Anderson, uh, one of the stellar journalists here in town. That's why we have him on. And one of the Raider insiders now that he's covering the Raiders more so than he has in the past. Excited about that. So let's get to VGK and what they were able to do. It was a big first goal for Eichel as Eichel's got to get going as one of the premier goal scorers in the league. Martinez ahead. Left wing shot. They score! Jack Eichel from the far side boards. Just let her rip, and the Knights take a 2-1 to lead. Has to be from about 50 feet away. That's a big goal to get them going in a game, to give them the lead 2-1. to one. White Cloud came in again, another very productive player who Vegas needs to peak at the right time heading into the postseason. Back in they come, 3-on-2, tip into the goal! Zach White Cloud, goals in consecutive games in transition for the Knights. White Cloud, the defenseman, finds himself right at the side of the goal. And the Knights lead 4-1, to 3.36 to go, second period. Now the route was on Dan Duve on all these calls. Uh, Eichel's second goal put VGK up 5-1 in the potential blowout. Petrangelo gets a shot on save. Eichel, the rebound shot, stopped. Now it squeaks through. Eichel slams it on goal from the left goal line. 5-1, Knights. Yeah, my buddy Bruce Cusick, man, he had a rough night there. A great night for him. He's the best in the business. But just when you're starting to say a goal, there's another goal. That's a great sign here for VGK. And then finally, the hat trick for Eichel. This is a big moment for him and his confidence playing in the fortress going forward. Here's Jack Eichel. Tracks down a puck. He shoots. He scores. Hat trick. Jack Eichel turning through the left circle. The righty cuts across the crease. Goes inside the top right corner. Three goals for Jack Eichel. And the Knights lead 7-1. to 8.33 to go, third period. Love that. Love the fact that they won in a blowout and got Eichel the night that I think he needed. Final call, a good night in the net. Defense overall as Vegas wins easily. Five seconds to go. Puck up the boards. A right point shot gets blocked. Crab to its feet. This one is over. The Golden Knights stop on the Blue Jackets. Yuri Patera, a victory in his first start at T-Mobile Arena. The final score, Golden Knights 7, Blue Jackets 2. Our Golden Knights Radio here, our sister station here, Fox Sports Radio, and thanks to Dan Duver on the calls. Uh, breaking news from Adam Schefter, Roger Goodell and NFL owners are expected to finalize a multi-year contract extension for the commissioner at next week's owners' meetings in Phoenix. League sources told him that. Say what you will about Roger Goodell. The revenue has been explosive under his tenureship. He will be a future Hall of Famer, like the commissioners before him. And the contract extensions, I don't want to quote the numbers here, but got to be $50 million a year. That's the way it's been brewing and growing over the last couple of years. So get ready for Roger Goodell. Big story coming out. Now, what I find interesting about this storyline is that Daniel Snyder and his exit from the league is looming. I would rather see that breaking news than Roger Goodell getting a contract extension. And I, you know, I like Roger Goodell. When I saw him in London, when I see him here in Vegas at the draft, always cordial. The NFL is exploding, our number one sport. But that is a big-time move 
for the NFL. We're going to have a free agency wrap-up here, but I'm going to wait an extra day because I don't think Dave Ziegler's done. Tomorrow we'll have a brand-new Raiders roundtable, the podcast, which we think is, I know it's doing really well because Raider fans are downloading it. We'll do that tomorrow. That will be uploaded early tomorrow morning or early afternoon. And then we'll see what else they're going to do as we prepare for March Madness as Vegas hosts the regional. Now, there's no Kansas coming to town. Kansas travels really well, but so does Gonzaga and UCLA. And hopefully we get a chance to talk to Eric Musselman. I'll mention what I believe he brings to this regional. A big week in Las Vegas on center stage at the Sweet 16. Something I thought I'd never say being here since 96. We'll wrap it up next. You know, I, honestly, growing up, I didn't know a whole ton about the Raiders. Grew up in Chicago. Uh, only thing I knew about the Raiders was my dad. He, he was a Bears fan, but he also, you know, li- liked the Raiders. He always said they were the cool team. They were the team that everyone wanted to cheer for, the badasses. And uh, I always kind of, that was kind of my impersonation of the Raiders. Uh, other than that, I mean, it was a cool organization. I can remember, you know, the throw, Ken Stabler, guys like that, just uh, hard-nosed guys that it was cool. And that's what we're trying to get back to. Jimmy Garoppolo, and I also asked him when we had him on about Jim Plunkett. Plunkett started at New England, went to San Francisco, was beaten and battered. Jimmy G was not. Jimmy G's been injured, but Plunkett took a beating before he ended up winning two Super Bowls and a Super Bowl MVP. Breaking news, Rick Pitino has agreed on a six-year deal to become St. John's new basketball coach. Last week when asked about it, he said he didn't even know where St. John's was. So he was deflecting at that time. He was deflecting because he knew that job was on the table and he was able to get it. Hey, fun conversation, real quick one, with Julian Strauss, who played at Liberty. So we have a Gonzaga player. He's a junior. Three years in a row, he's in the Sweet 16. He's coming to Vegas this week with Gonzaga to take on UCLA. And I talked to him immediately following Gonzaga's win last night about coming back to the Sweet 16 again. Oh, I mean, it feels amazing. I mean, there's, there's no easy wins in March and you know, to, to say that we made it to the final 16 teams in the country, I mean, it's huge. It's just a testament to all the work that we put in up here. I got to ask you about, I mean, you didn't have, you know, your most dominant performance. You've had big games, but it seemed like you did everything. Ten points, nine rebounds, three assists. When some of the threes and the field goals weren't knocking down, it felt like you had to do more on the other side of the court, and you did tonight. So how did you balance your game? Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, like like you said, not not uh, every night the shot ain't going to fall, and it's not going to be – you know, a night where where you have thirty points, but um, you just got to keep playing and and make make your impact felt uh, elsewhere on the court. So I feel like I did a good job of just you know getting on the boards or finding an open guy here and there. But yeah, I mean it's huge just to to have an excellent mentality, especially when your shot's not going. In. Uh, Julian Strother is our guest. Played at Liberty. I'm in Vegas, so I know about his high school career. And now you got to be proud. Your third Sweet 16 appearance that freshman year, you went to the finals with the team there. So, how is your experience under Mark View helping you evolve into a better basketball player, especially in the tournament? Oh, I mean, I've learned so much not only from coach, but just from the, the guys that came before me. Um, it's just it's just so many great players and great people. That, that have came through the program. So uh, um, this is a testament to them and, and the leadership that they bring. And, you know, I feel like I'm growing every day or every week. And, you know, these guys, I mean, it's just super fun to be part of this program. 
Uh, tell me about Drew Timmy. They show on TV. You're playing, so you weren't watching, obviously. But his parents right behind the bench and the fans there. And I love the fact, even when he gets subbed out and he's going to come back in, he's pointing to the crowd. He's motivating you on the court, the players on the bench, and the crowd behind him. Uh, I mean, Drew. Drew's a personality. I mean, there's nobody like him in the country. And you know, not only is he, um, I think, the best player in college basketball, but I mean, his his personality is just infectious, and it, and it really rubs off on the rest of us. And um, you know, the way he can just get everybody going, and and you know, say things that some uh, some people might not. Um, I mean, it's huge, and it's everything for us. Hey, Julian, as we wrap it up, you've been, you're from Vegas in high school. Your team plays here a lot. Conference tournament, you usually always win here. So you guys are really used to this road trip. And I know you're going to give a lot of respect to UCLA, the higher seed, but UCLA is going to travel from Los Angeles, drive out here. And you guys and your family and everybody from Gonzaga gets to Vegas pretty easy from Spokane. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a great, great battle. I mean, we literally got to play them last year in T-Mobile. So, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit of deja vu there. But, um, I mean, they're they're a great team, and they travel well. And, you know, I've I've heard people, you know, Don Vegas is the Kennel South. So, I know our fans are going to show up and show out. And, you know, it should be a real great battle. Thanks, Julian. Appreciate it. All the best. We'll see you in Vegas this week. Yep. Thank you, guys. Julian Stralzer, who comes in from Liberty, is going to be playing at T-Mobile Arena again. This is a monster matchup as the Sweet 16 has set everybody. You heard from Jim Laranega. They'll go up against Houston. Xavier Xavier goes up against Texas. Here in the West, we have Arkansas, UConn, T, uh, excuse me, Gonzaga, UCLA. At Madison Square Garden, you're going to have Michigan State, Kansas State, along with Tennessee and FAU, Florida Atlantic, because Purdue is out, which is shocking to me. And then we have Princeton, Creighton. No one saw Princeton as a 15 seed getting there. And Alabama is going to go up against San Diego State. San Diego State's defense and their full court press going up against Alabama. I think that's going to be a fun game. Eric Musselman, I go back to, to when I moved to the Bay Area, when I got hired by the Raiders, and I was in the Bay Area living there in 99-2000. He was the head coach of the Golden State Warriors for a short time. They were having t- trouble moving tickets. They had the JT the Brick section. The Brick House section, we were able to give away 20 tickets a week to Warrior games for free because the Warriors weren't drawn well. Listen to Musselman after he won this last game. What a massive victory for Eric Musselman as he advances. They beat Kansas. Listen to him on the court after the game. Coach, congratulations as you catch your breath and your staff fixes your collar as you get your shirt back on. <laughs> Have you ever pumped up your chest that big and proud in your entire life? I mean, that's such an unbelievable win. For our, our program, I keep telling people that we're getting better. Not many teams can get better this time of year. I'm so, I, I've never been prouder than a team like tonight. You've been through the highest of the highs and the lowest of the lows with this team, but you always said we can beat anybody. How'd you grind your way through this one, Coach? I, th- I think it has a lot to do with this guy right here. Oh, Debo was absolutely incredible i feel like he's my son i love this kid so much thank thank, i love you too coach thank you coach mr davis that man challenged you this year to be the best leader you could possibly be you said it took you a little out of your comfort zone looking at it now what do you think of that challenge i don't know put in a lot of work it's crazy Oh, no, it's crazy. I feel good. I'm glad we came out with the win. What makes you tear up? What are you thinking about? Just putting in the work, 
this team been struggling. And we, we figured it out. And I'm glad we did at the right time. And hopefully we continue to do it. You earned it. You enjoy every second of this, young man. Thank you. Congratulations. That's courtesy of CBS. So highly emotional. Some of these kids are never going to play in the NBA, the G League. Some will have an opportunity to play overseas in Europe. But the majority, Kenny Anderson pointed that out on the broadcast, that the majority of these kids are never going to play again. This is the last stop in their careers. When they win one game in March Madness, they have reunions. They go back 30 years later and their school has a reunion that they won a March Madness game, let alone getting to the Sweet 16. And I think we lose track of that from time to time. How important it is. I know I lose track of it. I like the NBA and championships and all this. But the beauty of March Madness is watching players have pure emotion with their parents and their families after they win a game. And we'll be able to see that here in Vegas. I think Vegas has the best game of the Sweet 16 in Gonzaga and UCLA. That's going to be a monster. That's going to be an unbelievable game. And if Arkansas can win and Eric Musselman goes up against one of those two teams, man, that's going to make for a great regional here in Las Vegas. Thanks to Bobby for putting the show together. Mark Anderson, Harry Ruiz, O.J. Howard, newest member of the Raiders at tight end. I thought they were very active today also with Jordan Willis. Who will, just look at the Niners. Put in your Twitter search, Jordan Willis. There are many Niner fans upset that he left that organization because of the way he played and the tenacity that he plays in. Obviously, Dave Ziegler saw something with him and pounced on that move, so the Raiders got themselves another very good edge rusher, pass rusher, who you can move around. And we were wondering, how do you keep Chandler Jones' legs fresh for later on in the season? Having Willis, Chandler Jones, Max Crosby... Bilal Nichols, uh, Jerry Tillery, Matthew Butler, Neil Farrell, and I think I would guess they're going to get a defensive tackle at number seven or in the second round. they got to get that defensive line up and running with a cornerback, too. Tomorrow I'll be at the Raider facility for Raiders Roundtable. We'll tweet it out when it's ready. Enjoy Q, who's grinding as always, always at the Raiders, always working to put together a great show. I'll see you tonight on Sirius XM 82 from 6 to 9 p.m as we continue to recap Vegas and March Madness. Have a great day, everybody.